You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take a Man podcast from Odyssey Sports. Logan Paulson there. Craig Hoffman here. If you like what you're hearing, you like what you're watching, subscribe wherever it is you are watching or listening right now. And uh, also, you know, tell a friend. Don't be selfish. You share, share the knowledge. Share the pod. Share the wealth uh, here on Take Command. Let's talk. Uh, you want to go offense first, like commander's offense, bears defense, or bears offense, yeah, commander's defense? I guess we could always go commander's offense first. All right. So if you look at this Bears defense, uh, they do some they do some funky stuff, and yeah. it's on a short week. And Eric Bandemi's got to get Sam Howell prepped. Uh, they obviously had a great bounce back performance last week. I definitely think, based off of the personnel, they should be able to put up a ton of points again this week. A ton, yeah. like they should put up a, a solid amount of points again this week. But there are definitely landmines in the way. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's start, I think, with like the personnel, because uh, I think that explains a lot of who they are. I think when you look at their defensive line, it's a bunch of guys who are good players, but probably in a perfect world, like rotational players. Like Demarcus Walker is the highest graded player last from last week's game. He's like a 280-pound edge. He's like a traditional like 1990 th- like four-down edge. He's going to set a, a very vertical edge. He's physical. He plays hard. But he doesn't have like a lot of pass rush juice and he's one of their better players on the defense, you know, so it's like he's like in he's like a player playing out of his era. He's a guy that I think they probably want to move to like an interior pass rushing situation. But and then Andrew Billings is a guy that I love watching play. He's a big wide body kid from Baylor who's kind of your classic nose guard who plays hard. He's got some physicality to him. But, you know, to me, he's like a John Ridgeway plus. And I don't know if you want John Ridgeway being your your full time starter on defense. Right. You'd, you'd like to have someone better and I think that's who they are and so I think the Bears coaching staff understands that they're a little bit limited and when you look at Iberflus's defense traditionally when he was in I think the Indianapolis right is that what yeah, he was in Indianapolis and then he was a linebackers coach in Dallas before that for a long time yeah so they they like to in Indianapolis they like to play like a conservative coverage structure so think like cover two Tampa two cover three kind of keep everything in front of you and rally to the football that only works when you have a lot of juice rushing the passer. So they've kind of had to modify who they are a little bit. And so you look at first and second down, and they are doing a ton of what I would call like run stunts. So basically what they're doing, they're in these light boxes. And what they're so if you're running to the right, they will stunt the front side defensive end and three technique inside the gap, and they'll scrape the linebackers. 
And not that that is hard, but it is a thing that you like to prep week in and week out. You just like to make sure you have it. They like to run a lot of first and second down blitzes just to kind of, again, they are a little bit understaffed in terms of defensive line talent. They've invested a lot of stuff there. They have a sec- they have two second-round picks in the group, but none of them have really blossomed, I think, the way that they were looking for. So that's what they're dealing with. You have two linebackers who I think are good players. You know, TJ Edwards um, is the guy from Philly. He's, you know, I think he was an undrafted guy, so not the best athlete in the whole world, but very instinctive. You see his athletic deficiencies show up sometimes, and you kind of have his polar opposite, Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker they brought in from Buffalo last year. He's 6'5", he's 245, he runs like a deer. I think he's been struggling a little bit in the system, honestly, when you watch him on a down-and-out basis. And it makes sense because there's no – It's remember how we talked about – we talked about this earlier this offseason, how the defensive – how the running back is to the offensive line as the linebacker is to the defensive line. And so when you don't – as a linebacker, when you don't have a good defensive line – your production's going to suffer a little bit. And they're kind of taking him out of positions, I think, with all these run stunts to make a ton of plays. So, yeah. Well, and also, you know, remember when we talked to some of the Buffalo guys, they were like, you know, not that Tremaine Edmonds is a bad player, but like he was maybe a little bit overrated in in Buffalo. That they, They knew that the guy they needed to keep was Matt Milano. Like Milano was actually the guy. Edmonds got a lot more hype. And now all of a sudden behind a worse defensive line without Matt Milano next to him, Edmonds has definitely struggled a little bit. Yeah, and then I think when you just go to the next level of the defense, it's kind of the same thing. Obviously, Eddie Jackson's the bell cow back there. He was hurt last week, I think, though. Or he was on the injury report. I don't know if he played or not. I have to look at the look at the film again. But they got Jaquan Brisker playing next to him. He's like a box player. And when you watch him, I think he's, he's, like, he's basically like a linebacker. He's a little stiff. And so you can take advantage of him in the pass game, I think. And then you got Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback out of Miami that was drafted this year. And he is a fine player, but he's a rookie. And I think that... Like when you go through the defense, you're not like this is an established player who's playing well at the moment. Obviously, we mentioned Tremaine Edmonds, but again, he's not playing. Yeah, like Tremaine Eddie Jackson's Edmonds. like the one. Yes, and right. by the way, that's a guy who I'm pretty sure has a pick against the Commanders in his career. Yeah, um, like he's Eddie Jackson's a very good football. Is he player. on the injury report? Can we just look uh, up he he is on the injury report, but uh, Courtney Cronin of ESPN reporting that he is planning on playing. Okay, all right, because I don't think he played last week, so. But I think Eddie Jackson, good football player, but one good football player, a good defense does not make. And so when you look at their grades by PFF, and again, PFF is is a flawed system, but they're kind of in that 50 range. And a lot of it's because guys get out of position, guys get physically outmatched. They play hard. They play really, really hard, which is good, and it gets them out of a lot of stuff. But in terms of overall talent, it's not something you're like, whoa, we really got to – it's not like Philly. Where you, where you turn on the film, you're like, oh my gosh, Jalen Carter's a beast. Oh my gosh, Jordan Davis a beast. Oh my God. Like, there's nobody like that in this group, really. They play hard. They're relatively disciplined. Um, but again, it's a new defense for that whole group. So there are some mental mistakes. There are some hiccups here and there. So it is, it is a group that I feel like if you can handle some of the unusual stuff they're throwing out on first and second down, I think you should be able to kind of, I don't say dominate, but should be able to kind of comfortably control this game offensively. Yeah, it's interesting watching the Denver game back because they like Denver was in a lot of heavy personnel. They had yes. a lot of they ran the football a lot and then had a lot of downhill play action. So it was like yeah. kind of the you know the the antithesis of what we would talk about last year with Scott Turner, where it's like, hey man, like you're not running the same play actions and passes right. and runs. Like, can you match them up so it's not so obvious? Like Denver was like every play Russ is either 
handing the ball off or going to look like he's doing the same handoff and and then pulling out and going play action. So like there's there's a very different style of play to study from last week's game. Um, and watching that and also some of the personnel usage, like they use a lot of heavier personnel. Yeah. Um, but what Denver was able to get was some big explosive plays to the yes. outside, like some kind of game plan run feeling runs to me. Yeah. Um, that's me watching a TV copy versus you watching the tape and having the knowledge of, of like what some of those runs are on a deeper level, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like, it felt like to me, there's some big, big run plays available on this defense and a lot of those might be like the Antonio Gibson style runs versus the Brian Robinson style runs. So I'm curious how EB calls this um, because you also do have obviously Terry and Jahan and Curtis on these very inexperienced uh, and frankly, not that good uh, DBs. So there's you know, plethora of opportunities, but you have to keep Sam clean. You, you can't let these blitzes get after you. You can't you know be confused by the line stunts because that is where you'll kill yourself on drives. You wind up in third and longs, you know, Sam yeah. goes back to throwing picks because he's under pressure. Like all, all the bad stuff then enters the equation. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day, your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that, you know, when you do a lot of uh, run stunts, like they work really well because they create penetration. You get you get in the backfield, you get linebackers moving to the side of the run quickly. All those things are good. The problem is like if you get a good double team, somebody's cut out of a gap and people are running away. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're running away right. from the hole. So you get huge, cre- you can get huge creases. So if you coach it up, you can execute it really well. So I, I do think that there is there's pros and cons to what they're doing, like you alluded to. And if you can get it schemed up and blocked up, I think there's there's big plays to be had for sure. And when I look at what Denver did, I think one of the things they did that I think worked surprisingly well is they ran a bunch of screens that, that hit really, really nicely. And they have a little scat back running back who found some explosive plays. And you said game plan runs. I think they were kind of getting to the runs that they do well. I'm saying Denver does well, just mm-hmm. getting to them out of different formations. And I think, it, you know, they run toss crack. They run yeah. what I would call zap. They run their runs. We don't run all those runs. You know, we run different. We have we have different runs that are kind of our runs, Washington. But I think they got to them creative ways. They messed up run fits. Guys busted gaps, and they were able to hit explosive runs. And I think that to me is like the crux of this defense: is you should be physically able to handle this group, and then if you can add like a little game plan sprinkle or seasoning in there, I think you can find some explosive plays. So. Um, and obviously the running back for Denver, I think, deserves a ton of credit. He was, I think he's an undrafted kid or something like he that. He is, but, undrafted rookie, 38. But, I'm just kind of forgetting ve- his name. I'm going to look it up real quick. But very fast But very fast. And like, there was a play that I watched earlier today where, you know, that guy we just mentioned, number 94, gets a ton of penetration in the backfield and he makes a miss and then gets the perimeter and it ends up being a big play. So, um, yeah. Jaleel McLaughlin. Yeah, he deserves a ton of credit. And I think B Rob has that ability. Like when I look at the Bills game, one of his good runs, the the nickel blitzes inside uh, the B gap, and it should be dead to rights. Makes a miss, bounces to the perimeter, and ends up being a big play. So I think B Rob has that level of vision to kind of maximize those mistakes. Because like on that big run I was just telling about, it comes on a run stunt. 
The defensive end's pinching across the tight end's face. He's six yards in the backfield. The running back just gets the handoff, little jump cut, right? And then the uh, the fullback does a really good job of playing around, and the linebacker scraping over to contain gets walled off. And the running back, through good footwork, is able to get there. But that's the you see the pro of a run stunt, and you see the con of a run stunt on the same play, and you see how your running back can elevate that, especially if it gets blocked up. So I think that's kind of what we're talking about from a defensive run fit standpoint. I think they've got fine personnel, but it, again, they're not they're, – they're guys that I like, but they're guys that I would like as like a James Smith-Williams or John Ridgway role, and I think they're young players and they're going to grow into something more potentially, but that's kind of the defense. And I, and I think when you look at what EB has done, especially given some of the softer coverage structures and their inability to create pressure consistently with four, there should be opportunities for Sam to exploit those matchups you were talking about. And say what you want about this offense. I think they this offense, EB does a good job of, especially last week, of saying, hey, we got Terry McCorn, we got Jahan. Let's get those guys into some space in terms of understanding the levels of the defense and that kind of you know 10 to 15-yard area and make some plays. And I think that's what you're looking at here with the Bears. Yeah, by the way, um, PFF gave Jaleel McLaughlin a, like, he scored very well in the game, like 87, uh, but he got a five pass block grade. Uh, so I don't great. know what I don't, I don't know what happened there, how many snaps he got stuck in pass pro and how bad it was, but uh, I've never seen a five before, but that was that was that great. Um, yeah, no, getting getting Terry, I mean, all week I've been talking about this, the the targets for Terry, Jahan, and, and Curtis last week are phenomenal, and you know, it's interesting too, because a guy like Cole Turner completely disappears, but there's only yeah. so many targets and so many snaps to go around. And Cole only played six snaps last week with Logan Thomas back. But at the end of the day, if that means that, you know, hey, Cole Turner's got to sit on the bench so that Terry can get 10 targets, Jahan can get eight and Curtis can get nine. Sorry, Cole Turner. Yeah. Those other dudes are better players. And yep. um, I'm excited to see, you know, obviously that comes with better efficiency, converting on third down, longer drives, running 77 plays, all that mm. kind of stuff, 78 plays, whatever it was. You have to have the plays to get the targets, but I'm excited to see EB make that quick shift from tight ends and, and what he had in Kansas City to, hey, these are my these are my horses here. Let's make sure they get the ball. Um, and I think that with the screen game you mentioned, you know, can you get, whether it's Curtis, Jahan, Terry, some screen action this week, I think that could be on the table, B-Rob yeah. and AG. Um, one thing that hasn't happened uh, a ton, and I wonder if there's opportunities this week. I'm curious your thoughts on this. In training camp, we saw B-Rob way more involved in the pass game. Yeah. I haven't really seen that a ton. Uh, why do you think that is, and, and do you think that's something that will change as the season goes on? Um, <clears throat> I, I don't really have a good reason as to why that is. I think, um, I think B-Rob did a great job in training camp, catching the football and running routes and doing all that stuff. Um, I think part of it is... is I want my better route runners running routes. Um, you know, yeah. I want Curtis good on enough, the field. Good enough reason for me. Yeah, I want Logan on the field. I want those guys in the one-on-one matchups. And while I think B-Rob is very capable of doing that, I don't think, like, there's just a lot of playmakers in this offense. And I don't think it needs to be – I think that's one thing, um, again, like, doing – like, making a game plan at the high school level has shown me. It's like, oh, I really like this play, but do I like it – more than getting my best player the football? No, I don't like that. I want to get this guy his 10 targets. I want to get this running back 15 touches at least. And then if we're going to run a screen, I want this guy to get the ball. I don't really care about, you know, you know, the second running back who I who I love and runs great routes and does all that stuff, but I think that becomes um more press like more important is finding targets for your for your horses. 
And I think as we've talked about, like Jahan, Terry, Logan, Curtis has done a great job this season. They're, I think, more effective catching the football in one-on-one situations. And I would want to make sure I get them their touches. Also, it is it is a little bit, I don't want to say laborious, but it can be a little bit tedious at times when you're cultivating a game plan to find to find passing touches for a running back, you know, and it kind of, and again, sometimes I think it dilutes the effectiveness of the offense. I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but that is potentially maybe what's happening. Yeah. Um, The other thing real quick that I want to mention um, and see how this, you know, matches up with what the bears do and, you know, making sure that they can keep Sam clean, making the bears job harder because they don't have great pass rush juice is something that Dan Orlovsky put out the other day on Twitter. And Dan's like, man, Sam Howell's got a shot. Really love him. He's got to yeah. stop getting to the top of his drop and staying there. It's making <laughs> everyone's job harder. And I feel like we've touched on this a little bit. And we talked about it with like Sam's height, for instance, last week. Like he might yeah. want to stay a little deeper in his drop so he can see. Um, but when we talk about what <laughs> Chicago does uh, defensively in, in their D line, like moving Sam a little bit or, or making sure that he's manipulating the pocket properly, that if he doesn't do that, that enhances a bad pass rush. You want to keep Chicago's pass rush ineffective. So what do you make of that analysis from Orlovsky and, and you know, how does that imp- or kind of play into the game plan this week? Yeah, I mean, what I, Sam's got to do. I think Orlovsky has really great insight on that stuff. And I think he, you play quarterback. And I think when you watch it, you see it. There's times where I'm like, Sam, like, uh, you know, Tom Brady, not a great athlete. I don't think anyone would say that by his, by his combine numbers, right? Right. But one of the things he was Or watching him run for any for, number of 20 years in the league. Right. But the one thing he was exceptional at was the subtle kind of feel in the pocket that elevates offensive linemen. And there was a couple times in the Bills game where I'm like, if Sam is a little bit more experienced, he probably helps avoid a pressure, helps avoid a sack, helps avoid a hurry here just by a subtle movement. And again, right now he's doing big movements. He's like, I got to get out of the pocket. I got to run out of here. And, or I stand, or, or like Orlovsky said, I stand here. And so again, I think that's something that, that is going to be cultivated over time and get better as you go. But with regards to the Bears offensive, defensive line and their ability to create pressure, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're not very good at it. So, I mean, or fortunately for the commanders, they're, they're very right. good at it. So we, sh- I think, I think the offensive line should have an outstanding day. I think if EV calls even a fraction of a game that he called against Philly, this should there should be no pressures, there should be no sacks in this game. And I'm saying that what is this on Wednesday? They yeah. just don't have a guy where you're like, "Oh my gosh, this guy, we can like how do we block this guy? How do we match up? Like what's the solution?" I'm watching their hurry their hurries right now. They're come on like keepers, nakeds, like where there's nobody blocking the defensive end or when a quarterback vacates the pocket unnecessarily, but the pockets are I'm like 15 in right now. They've been immaculate. So I don't think there's a guy. Obviously, Yannick Ngakwe is the guy that you bring in as kind of the pass rush guy for hire. I don't think he's got the juice anymore. And I think Leno has had a really good matchup when he matches up with him. And I think Wiley matches up with speed rushers really well. So I I think, again, I don't want to be besmirching anybody in the NFL because it's hard to be in the NFL. It's hard to play football at this level. And maybe Demarcus Walker, because he's a power rusher, doesn't match up great with Wiley. And that becomes a little bit of an issue. But if that's even a semblance of an issue, I'm just going to chip the hell out of that guy. And again, there's not enough guys on the line that you say, we have to account for this and this and this. It's like, maybe that, probably not this. And so I think that's the thing is if Sam and EB have the relationship in terms of game flow and Sam understands where the check down is, I don't see this being a huge issue this week.